Today, there are so many messages out there fighting for your attention and then your allegiance. There's a constant parade of half-truths, fake news, and doctored facts to try to manipulate the masses. Writers of the Eternal Book tell us that the adversary of our souls and the accuser of the brethren is endless in his attempt to get people to subject themselves to his deceit and web of lies. The apostle from Tarsus tells us that our struggle is against rulers, authorities, and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. In order to see what heaven is made for us, we need true spiritual grit and a holy revolt. While rebellion generally seeks to evade and gain concessions from an oppressive power, a revolt seeks to overthrow and destroy that power. The goal of rebellion is resistance, while the goal of a revolt is a revolution. Holy revolting and walking out our true spiritual grit have nothing to do with giftedness, but everything to do with heart. The end times will demand heart and perseverance, but these qualities will see the rewards of the harvest in an unprecedented fashion. In this episode of Keep It 100, we will hear from powerhouse award-winning worship from Lakewood Church, Daedra Great House, and share three secrets to spiritual grit welcome to keep it 100 podcast with sean and krista smith join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight your real inspiration this podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance but revelation to forever change lives Hey, everybody. It's another episode of Keep It 100 with Sean and Krista Smith. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Come on. We are so excited, as always, to be with our Keep It 100 tribe. When we're not with you, we miss you. So we're excited to be back, and we're going to be going strong in 2023. Can you believe y'all? We are 2023. We're in this. You know, I started off 2023 with a really cool opportunity. It yes, was, you did. Uh, it was such a gift. Daystar invited me to come on and interview me about my book, Singled Out in a Couple's World. So I got to go down. It was... I I think January 2nd and 3rd, and I got on the ministry now, which Joni and Josh, uh, they interviewed me about my book. And then they gave me the opportunity to preach live TV 13 minutes, which was awesome. It was so fun. I loved it. And then, which will be airing early February, I recorded, it's called uh, Joni Table Talk Now. And it's with a group of women, really amazing women, to Haviland Ford, one of my really good friends, she's on the, the panel. Uh, so that was just so cool. Again, talking about singleness, talking about my book and my story. And I just had a blast. I love TV. I love media. And so to me, it was just such a gift. And Sean, because I asked him, I was a little nervous about it, you know, because I wanted it to go really well. And I asked him to go down there and support me. He's so kind. He flew down there and he just was there praying for me, interceding. So it was awesome. Oh, always, always, always are going to support you, boo. And you did so well. I'm so proud of you. And I know the all the different nations and the millions of people watching, they were blessed. Hey, Keep It 100, we have this week, Come on. Momentum Conference. Days it's away. finally here. Finally here. I'm so excited. And we're so excited, not just because of all the great speakers that are coming in. You guys are aware, Tome Ariomi, uh, Emma Stark, uh, Krista Smith, Sean myself, Smith. Uh, Dr. Sammy Rodriguez. We got oh. Matt Gilman. We got Deidre Greathouse, who we will be hearing from in this episode. But we're really excited about all the different states and even nations that are represented. Yeah. People are coming from all over. We just looked at a map of all the people coming. It's going to be amazing. We're calling people to gather together as a flashpoint of revival. We believe that God signally wants to pour out his spirit and cause us to encounter him in new ways that will really set the, the terrain and set the trajectory for you for the rest of this year in 2023. And we're believing that it will mark us. But the new, new news is, I said new three times there, you caught that, right? <laughs> is that we now have a streaming option. If you didn't catch that, uh, our live streaming option means that you could pay and you could watch all of them live from 
your location that may be remote someplace that you could do that. If you're in the UK, you could do that. If you're in China, you're in Africa, we had 84 different nations watching Brazil. You can, in fact, we're going to have some people from Brazil. They're going to be streaming it, but you can go to our website, www.seanandkristasmith.com and go over to Momentum and you can live stream and get that option for many of you that cannot join us in person. You may want to pursue this option. That's right. If you are able to get in the room, get in the room, get your seat, get registered today. It's not too late. Grab it. But if you're not able to be in the room, get your live stream, get your virtual seat, seanandkristasmith.com. We're so expectant for what God's going to do. It truly is going to be a time that is getting marked by God. And we need that. We need a fresh encounter. And that's what we're believing for. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, many of you are aware, and some of you aren't, that there was a Monday night football game in the NFL between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals on January 3rd. But the most unique thing happened. It's unprecedented as far as I know, that the Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, collapsed on the field in the first quarter of this Monday night game with millions of people watching. He suffered a cardiac arrest and he had to be resuscitated twice. He was immediately uh, taken to a hospital locally there. And as a result of that, the most interesting thing happened, Boo, and and it was really amazing to me. First, the the camera closed in on many of the Buffalo Bills players. And of course, that's their their teammate. They began to weep. And then all of a sudden, players from both teams, and I mean, it seemed like the entire team gathered in the middle of the field and began to pray. And all of a sudden, they're going around the crowd. Uh, NFL actually debated as to whether or not they should continue. They actually told each team that they were going to have like a a five to 10 minute warm up. And then the NFL rightfully decided to pull it. And uh, it's so interesting. And I'll give you the update that we have on DeMar Hamlin. It's 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 news. It's it's out there. But I just want to share that with you. But right after that, I had a conversation with Will Ford, Boone. It was very interesting because yeah. Will, of course, de Havilland was on the roundtable yeah. with you and we were there at Daystar Television. And so Will and I were there supporting our wives. And Will just made this comment. Will Ford is a mighty man of God, a great friend of ours. And he said, isn't it interesting, Sean, that when this guy was hurt and people recognized this was a life and death situation, he says the competition stopped. They Obviously, they stopped the competition. The entertainment stopped and the game stopped. And it ended in a prayer meeting. And he just said he feels like it's a prophetic message to the church that the competition needs to stop. The entertainment needs to stop. Mm. All the game plan needs to stop. And we need to return to a prayer meeting that this thing called the church was birthed in a prayer meeting in the upper room. And I'm convinced it will end in a prayer meeting. And I believe it really is a prophetic message to us all. Oh my goodness. I mean, when Will shared that, and then obviously you shared it with me, I just, I thought that was really profound. And I think it really is a picture that we're done playing games and we're really in a time where it is time to get on our face before the Lord that I I do think there's some positives that come from the craziness of the last few years where it's stripped back kind of like what's actually really important. In that moment, football wasn't important, but actually there was a life that we needed to pray for and contend for and, and, and agree for. And I just, I love that you brought up like, you know, news anchors were praying and broadcast people were praying and there's been no re- rebuttal about that. It's just been like allowed and accepted. And I love that because it really shows people are recognizing like there, you have to have a faith of some sort. Obviously we believe it's Jesus and Jesus only. Um, but what I love is that there's been an awakening, a spiritual awakening that I'm seeing in the church that the, excuse me, at large, that people are wanting to pray in times of crisis. That was the response. They're like, they didn't know what to do. No one knew what to do. They just got on the field, got on their knee and prayed. That is powerful. Um, there's an awakening to that. I believe it. Even the Buffalo Bills, all world quarterback, Josh Allen, he delivered this emotional statement and he gave God the glory. He said it was spiritual. He says, I 
was going on on my team saying God is real. And that's into the update that uh, Hamlin is recovering. Uh, he was able to sent back to the hospitals more local to where he lived. He was able even to watch their next game from a hospital bed, sharing the joy in that the Buffalo Bills won 35 to 23 over another team. And your reference earlier is that former NFL quarterback and ESPN analyst Dan Orlowski uh, in the middle of NFL Today took a bold public faith stance. He bowed his head and he says, hey, I don't know what else to do, so I'm just going to do this. He openly prayed on the air for Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin and the two other co-hosts of the show. They agreed. They said amen. And you're right. There was nobody that gave any pushback on that. And I really think that that's the place we're coming to. There's an understanding that we need God. Our problems about pay science and technology. Uh, America needs God that I believe I'm so glad. And I don't want to move this from that's an individual person who is fighting for their life, yeah. Damar Hamlin, and to him, his family, and those that love him, that is amazing in and of itself. I don't want to do, yeah. do anything to take away from that, but I also believe that God is speaking to us, perhaps even on a larger level of what he wants to bring us to in the area of prayer. I mean, you said it so well, and that's really why we're talking about what we're talking about today. We're talking about a spiritual grit and a holy revolt. And I really think uh, we're in a time where people recognize they have to dig deeper in their faith. And for those that uh, don't know God, they're going to about to discover God. There's an awakening that's happening. So in this episode, we're talking about spir- spiritual grit, holy revolt, but we're talking about in the context of the holy revolt must, must have a spiritual grit. Let me define spiritual grit. Dictionary.com defines true grit as firmness of character, indomitable spirit. It's from a Latin root, which means to roll back, to cause to turn back, to roll or to drive back. I love that. It means to put to flight. Grit is connected to the word tenacity. And the definition of the word tenacity really gives us a greater clarity in terms of what this actually means. And tenacity means an act of holding fast, gripping, clinging, firm, steadfast. So you really get a picture of what this means. Revolt means an attempt to put an end to the authority of a person or body by rising up. It's an unusual, it's usually accompanied with a feeling of disgust. It's a a refusal to be controlled or ruled by a specific power. Wow. When you hear the definition of those words, yeah, I mean, that is the they're aggressive. That is the <laughs> epistles written by Apostle Paul, right there. Exactly. That's, there's like a, it, it's there's an action required with these words, right? Yes. When I think about these terms, revolt. When I think about the terms grit, uh, particularly revolt, it isn't just to rebel. I think about right. says, "Oh, I'm gonna rebel. I'm gonna rebel. I'm rebel." No, it isn't just to rebel. Rebel means I'm not gonna do what they ask of me. But it's not just to rebel. It's to repel. Because to repel means to drive them back. We don't want the enemy occupying our mind, occupying our will, occupying our space, occupying our territories, occupying the attention and allegiance of a generation. So we don't want to just rebel against the demonic principalities and powers and mindsets. We want to repel them. And in order to launch a successful spiritual revolt, you have to have some grit. So I'm so glad you defined that. Uh, To add with that, Boo, psychologist Angela Duckworth, after studying people in various challenging situations, which included a national spelling be participants, rookie teachers in tough neighborhoods, and West Point cadets, she found the following. She said, one characteristic emerged as a significant predictor of success, and it wasn't social intelligence, it wasn't good looks, wasn't how you dress, it wasn't physical health, it wasn't IQ, it was grit. How important is grit? I believe grit will be one of the distinguishing characters of a new breed of overcoming revivalists that are going to sweep major regions throughout this place that we live and out the places where our heroes are, are living right now. Ooh, 
Whew, that is so powerful. I love that. Well, I'm excited for the conversation that we have coming at you with Daedra Greathouse. For those of you that don't know Daedra, let me just tell you something real quick about her. She is a powerhouse. She's a powerful woman of God. She's an award-winning worship leader vocalist back in the day in the 2000s. She co-founded the group Anointed. She's just incredible. She's gifted. She has tons of accolades. She sings uh, just with such an anointing and a breakthrough. She's the worship leader currently at Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. Come on, somebody. But Deidre has a testimony. She has a story. Get ready, y'all, because this is what we're talking about, spiritual grit with a holy revolt. We're here with the incredible Deidre Great House. Just someone Sean and I so respect, the anointing on her life, the call of God on her life. Uh, thank you so much for saying yes to being on the Keep It 100 podcast, Deidre. Thank you for inviting me. It's good to see you. Oh, always great to see you. I know I love that when I get to interview people, now I get to see them, uh, not just, you know, hear their voice. So that's the beauty of technology, right? Um, I know you got a full day. Uh, You said yes, making space for us. And so we're going to jump right into this interview. But you guys get ready. Keep it 100 Tribe. This woman's got a walk with God, a depth with the Lord that Sean and I, the first time we saw you lead worship, truly, it was the anointing that shook us in the best way. It was the anointing uh, that you walk in that is unusual. It's different than what we've seen other people walk in. And we always know there's a story behind that, you know, right? You and I know that doesn't just happen. And so we want our Keep 100 Tribe to get familiar with you. So can you kind of tell us what's your God origin story? Well, my God origin story is that I didn't get saved in a church. Come on. I was not in a church service. So my uh, beginning, the beginnings of my awareness of God are very spiritual in nature, not in church religious activity. Come on. It's not in that. So my grandmother had prayer meetings every Friday night in her living room. She lived right up the street from us. My mom would always go to help those that were praying to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was three years old at the time. I should have been in the back in the bedroom playing with my cousins, but I left the bedroom. My mom found me crying in the kitchen right next to where they were in the living room praying with people. And she came to see me and she told me that she asked me what was wrong. And I told her, I don't know. And then my grandmother said, oh, bring her in here. The Lord wants to fill it with the Holy Spirit. My grandmother said that as soon as I got on my knees at three years old, I began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave utterance. So my 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 original uh, understanding of God was that he just came for me. He yeah. filled me with the Holy Spirit. And I've been aware of his presence my whole life. Wow. Come on. And that shifts things, right? Because yes. there was never this wondering, does God know me? Does God see me? You at three years old always had that revelation and that truth, like God knows me. That's beautiful. I've always known it. Even when I was in mm. middle school, I'll never forget when I was about 12 years old mm. that the Lord placed it on my heart to get up and pray an hour before my before I had to get ready to catch my bus for school. And so I would get up an hour before I needed to get up and I would spend that time in prayer with God. That's how I got to know him more and more. And then I would get to school. And when I was at school during my lunch time, I would actually go to the bathroom in a bathroom stall. You know how people go to the bathroom, they're doing drugs, they're yes. doing all kinds of things. I was praying in the bathroom stalls. I was desperate to wow. get to know God. I just wanted to be close to him. And so when we talk about the manifest presence of God, God is always with us. He's omnipresent. He's around us. God knows that he's within us, but there's a manifestation of his presence mm. that is tangible. You can sense it. Um, and there is no distance because even as I'm talking to you, 
you now. I know you feel what I'm feeling in this Absolutely. very moment, right? Yes. I didn't learn that from a church service. I didn't learn that from a sermon. I didn't learn it from Come a on. YouTube, you yes. know, blogger or speaker. Yes. I learned it just by being in yes. the presence of God. And let me tell you something. Come I I'm going to tell you this. Let me give you this advice to all parents. Come on. We take our kids to youth concerts. We take our kids to youth services and youth Bible study. But the one place you don't take them is to the prayer service. Hmm. It, the prayer meeting is where they get a chance to experience um, the waiting, the lingering, the different manifestations of how God responds to us in his presence. That is where you need to be taking your kids. And prayer is not just reserved for the retirees. Mm. Yes, come on. <laughs> come on. So the secret of my anointing is not in my singing. <laughs> Ooh. It's in my being with God. <laughs> that's where it comes from. And, and you nailed it because that's exactly what we picked up. And we felt in the spirit when we heard you worship Daedra. Literally, Sean and I were like, when we were praying about momentum and we were just like, who's our dream list to bring out to the Bay? And it wasn't a dream for like, who has, who's the most known or the most accomplishments, although you're very known and you have a ton of accomplishments. We were, we were like, we want the people that have battled for their authority that have a depth in God, that have a limp that is marked by humility and hunger for Jesus, mm -hmm. and th those that have a breaker anointing and are not intimidated by hard spaces because they have already battled through the hard spaces and they've already oh seen gosh. the victory, right? Let me tell you something. And that's I you. Like the, I feel like the enemy came for me as young as, as, as possible. You know, I've been through a lot over my life. I, I went through battling, hearing voices telling me to kill myself and to commit suicide. Wow. Okay? I've been through battling, just feeling this overwhelming, dark oppression, trying to hold me down. And I've had to learn how to take authority over that. I've also experienced, I've had so many surgeries. I finally got to the wow. point where I said, God, I'm over all these surgeries. And the mm. one that a lot of people may or may not know about is when I, after I, I gave birth to my first son, I developed a goiter the size of two fists here in my, in my neck. So my thyroid began to severely malfunction to the extent that it had multiple cysts and tumors in it. My doctor called me, told me that I had cancer. And she told me that they didn't know how to stop my thyroid from enlarging itself. And she said I was in danger of it blocking my windpipe and killing me. And then I needed to tell the church that I wouldn't be able to sing after I had the surgery done. Well, I'm a person of prayer. As you, my life began in prayer. That's what I know. Right. And so we prayed a long story short after multiple surgeons turning me down because no mm. one had seen anything like that before. Wow. I finally prayed and the Lord led me to Dr. Nettable in Nashville at the Vanderbilt Voice Clinic. I told him my story. I said, not singing is not an option. It's my ministry. It's my calling. And it's actually what I do for a living. I cannot come through this without a voice. He said, we'll do it. But I have to have two surgeons on you, not just one. This is so intricate. And I didn't know it at the time, but he was a believer. The mm, Lord led me to find a believer on. who had also done medical missions trips wow. and had seen those size gorders in Africa, the kind that you don't see here in America. So God had already prepared the, the, the surgeon for me. Two months after the surgery, they not only did they not find cancer because I cursed that and refused to accept it. They mm. did not find any cancer. And two months later, I was back on the Lake Wasage. Oh my goodness. 
girl, your faith fires me up. You know, when you're around someone and you just want to run around the room and shout about how good God is like, that's literally what you pull out of me. I just want to shout, God, you're so faithful. And people wonder, people wonder what, what, how does someone have a platform ministry? And they think it's all the talent. No, no. The talent and the the gift might open up the door for you in some arenas, but it's the anointing and it's that victory mentality of faith where you just have this grit within you that's been developed since you were young, getting up early, praying, getting with God, knowing who he is, knowing his word. And when you hear something that does not line up with what God says and who he is, there is in a beautiful way, a holy revolt within you. That's like, I don't accept that. Like that's not my story. I'm not, that's not my story. I, I feel like that has literally created in you an authority that you walk in, in the spirit. That's just like, I don't accept what darkness is attempting to do. I know who my God is within me because I've already seen him. Let me give you a testimony. Boom, boom, boom. You know? And it's just like, I love that about you, Deidre. That's the breaker anointing in you, man. That, that, is that is what you carry in the spirit and people don't know the battles you've been through although they're you know they're hearing right now one of them um but my god there are many and there are many i bet i bet you go yeah go can i just say this i love how you said holy revolt because that's exactly what i felt when i got that phone call and i feel like somebody needs to know this come on when the doctor told me are you sitting down i said no i'm standing up That's the first thing. The second thing she said, well, you might want to sit down. I said, no, thank you. I'll stand. You know, what do you have for me? She, cause they had sent me to have multiple biopsies. They kept sending me back. So I knew yeah. something was wrong. Yes. She said, all right, then I'm just going to tell you, your numbers are showing that you have cancer. And I said, no, I don't. So can we move forward with the next thing? She said, Miss Greathouse, you have cancer. I said, no, mm-hmm. I do not have cancer. So can we move forward with what we need to do next? Cause I'm currently pregnant with my next child and we need to figure this out. And and she said, she started yelling at me. She said, Miss Grace, you are in denial. I am telling you, you have cancer. And I said, don't say that I have cancer. Not one more time. I mm. am too busy to have cancer. Now, can we move forward to figuring out how we're going to get this goiter out of my body so I can get on with my purpose? Come on. That is, is a that, holy revolt. That is a perfect example of a holy revolt. When she said you have cancer, the first thing the Holy Spirit told me while I'm listening to her, he said, do not agree with it. Do not agree Someone with needs it. to hear that today. Oh, come on. Yes. Say that again. Say, to, do say that not, again. Do not agree. We talk about how we touch and agree. If anyone touch and agree on anything, it shall be done for them. We come into agreement for things that we want God to do. But you can also make agreements with what the enemy wants to do if you are not careful. You mm-hmm. have to be vigilant to make sure that you're only agreeing with what the word of God says. That you're only agreeing mm-hmm. with what God is speaking. Come that you're on. only agreeing with the promises of God. The word of God said that by his stripes, I was healed. So I wasn't having cancer. I was going to have a baby and I was going to get back to fulfilling the calling on my life. There are times that I believe, and I believe this strongly, Krista, I believe that had I just received it and accepted Mm. cancer, that it would have manifested in my body. I'm telling you, there something was aware. The Holy Spirit was saying, the enemy is trying to find a way to destroy you and to shut you up. The 
enemy is trying to find an opening. If you agree with this, then the door will be open to keep the door closed mm. and refuse to make this agreement. And I'm so glad I chose to believe the report of the Lord and chose to agree with what God's word said. And that is the reason you know me today. Oof, wow. that That's profound. I feel like someone listening today literally just got a strategy on how to walk in their breakthrough. You said a key phrase, shut the door. Yes. Shut the door. And I feel like there's people that have cracked it, opened it wide open or their hands on the doorknob. And I just feel like God's like, keep the door shut, shut the door, lock the door, get a new deadbolt from Home Depot in the spirit. Like get get that thing locked up, you know? And I just feel like there's some people that are getting in a sense refired up and kind of that, oh, but the doctor's word is greater than the word of God, right? Because there's this, at times there's a reverence for doctor's words above God's word. And I'm like, our reverence, what we bow to is God's word, not not the doctor's word. And what I love is you weren't living in denial. You were standing in faith. And people have to understand what there's a a big difference. This was not denial. This was you having a holy revolt, which activated your faith, which again, activated the healing of God because it refused to give an open door to the enemy. Absolutely. And I knew it was an attack from the enemy because the doctor said, when you have the surgery, you will most likely never be able to sing again. And if you can, you're going to lose your range. I was, I'm the soprano in amongst the singers. So they said, you're going to use, lose your range. You won't be sing, You won't be able to sing as high as you could. And you won't be able to sing as low as you could. Your range is going to go from here to here. I knew that the enemy was trying to keep me quiet because I will always give God glory and always give God praise for what he is doing and what he has done. And and I will always tell people that Jesus Christ, okay, come on. Yes. I will always say it. So I want everyone listening right now to remember this. When we talked about not opening the door, one of the ways that we open the door to the enemy is through our words. So I had an understanding that when she kept throwing the word cancer into the atmosphere, Mm. that I needed to pull it down out of the atmosphere because I did not want that word to linger long enough for the enemy to gain legal access to attack me. So that's why I didn't even give her a chance. She kept trying and I kept pulling it down. She kept just throwing it up and I kept pulling it down. It made her so mad. It made her so mad, but that's okay. I went on and God blessed me to find another doctor. But the point is we don't want to open the door to the enemy. And listen, he is seeking. Mm. He's he's seeking whom he may devour. That's just the way it is. But Mm -hmm. we don't have to allow him to have access to our lives. Take your authority in Jesus Christ. Don't Mm. sit back and just take anything that the enemy throws at you. That's really my my heartbeat. I want people to realize, no, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is nothing and no one that is greater than the power of God operating in your life. My goodness, you are speaking, preaching my language. I mean, I'm so passionate like you, Deidre, on people understanding who they are in Christ. The identity of the son and daughter through the blood of Jesus is everything. Everything. It's everything. And people don't understand the power of the blood of Jesus and what covenant has done in our life. I told Sean, I think it was last year, I said, I feel like we've got to bring back the teaching on the blood so people understand who they are, that when the blood of Christ has covered you, what was done on the cross, it is irrevocable. We have an authority. We have an inheritance. We have a promise that is irrevocable and darkness can't.
cannot touch it. And the enemy does not have authority where there's not agreement. You got to break that agreement. Come on. You, you know, it's like it. you got to break that agreement. And we have a world that is so quick to agree to what to whatever narrative is coming at them. And so when they're in, their, when they're in church, they're agreeing. But within when they're in the world and st- or in the doctor's office or with their coworkers or with their unsafe, they're believing. So it's like they're looking at their finances. You got it. They're just agreeing. And it's like, no, no, no. That faith that you feel on Sunday is available to you as a son and daughter every single day. And that's what I love is you bring that Daedra. Like you carry that revelation of who you are. And I've seen it in worship. Come on. Let's talk about the anointing of worship on your life. Let's talk about how you discovered what we just talked about. And then you translate that into your worship call. Like, because you have fought. We just heard the story. And that's one of many stories. You have fought for your voice. You have fought for the anointing. It hasn't been something that's just been like, no big deal. There's been a price for that. Let's, let's, let's talk about that ministry God's put on your life. How did you Mm -hmm. discover it? How you fought for it and what God's doing with it right now? I really feel like the ministry found me. Honestly, I was never looking for a ministry. Mm. I'm just being who I am. If that makes sense. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Before the foundations of the world, God knew that Daedra would be Daedra. As a matter of fact, my mom named me Daedra and didn't even realize that the name Daedra means the heart of the song. She didn't even know that. So my destiny, I'm just living my destiny by being who I am. I'm, I have never been a person that sought to be a recording artist. I've never sought after any platforms. I didn't even ask you to invite me to your church, your conference. True. I don't, I don't ever ask people to come to their churches. I don't ever ask people to do that. If you see me anywhere, and I've been a lot of places lately, if you see me anywhere, it's because God has put it on their hearts to invite me. I don't invite myself places. I'm just being who I am. And what I'm keenly aware of is that people are not inviting me because they just want to hear a great singer. I know that. I am aware that people are inviting me because they're inviting the presence of God. They're like, please bring that anointing with you. Bring that thing that happens that shifts the atmosphere. Bring that with you. I'm aware that that's why people invite me. And so I never get caught up in, you know, what a lot of people would want so badly. Like to, and as a matter of fact, my youngest son, who can really sing it, you know, he's at that age and, you know, they're always seeing people recording and he will, but they're like seeking for record deals and, you know, seeking for everything. First of all, everything that glitters isn't gold. It's not what people think. That's the first thing. Amen. Okay? Secondly, the best place is to be in the will of God for your life, because anywhere that you are trying to get to that is not God's will for your life. Let me tell you, you will have to work so hard to maintain that. The only work that I do is maintaining my connection with the Lord. Mm, that's yeah. the, that's really the greatest job, the greatest work that I do. Everything else he does. <laughs> right. Amen. Amen. I love that. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, and, we, and we've seen that. Like I saw you literally right before my eyes shift an atmosphere that was not easy to shift. Mm. And there was a seasoned maturity in the spirit that you just knew, oh, no, no, we're not going to be sat. We will not be satisfied with just singing about Jesus. We're going to encounter him. We're not going to be satisfied with going through songs. That's not why we're here. We're here for an encounter and a move of God. Uh, We could all be doing anything tonight, but we're all here to get into the presence of God. So that's what's going to, that's what's going to happen. And I saw you push. I saw you lead and I saw you forerun a congregation, a group of people. And literally the glory of the Lord came in the room. And I turned to Sean and I said, oh my goodness, do you feel 
that. And Sean said, oh my gosh, who is this woman? And we recognize anytime someone walks in the glory, there's a unique, there's a unique journey that's been walked. You mm-hmm. don't touch the glory when there is self and stuff left in you. Glory mm-hmm. comes when we poured ourselves out as an offering before the Lord. Tell us a little bit about that in your life. I know that you've shared a little bit, but what has that life poured out as an offering before the Lord look like for you? Okay. So um, I think I told you before we even started this, that I, I actually have a group of people that I pray with every morning, actually. <laughs> if we're up at 530 in the morning, Woo. every morning, just going before the Lord. Mm. And this morning, you know, as I was praying, um, I, I just say, okay, God, what's on your heart? That's really my posture. Every time I'm in prayer, uh, God, what, what do you want us to pray about? I don't ever really go into prayer just with a list of things I need God to do for me. Cause I found out, I discovered this, that if I take care of what God cares about, mm. then he'll take care of whatever I care about. Come on. If I seek first the kingdom of God and all is righteous, Oof. everything else yes. will be added to me. Some of you listening, you are so worried about your stuff. You are mm. so worried about your bills. You are so concerned about this recession and inflation. You are so concerned about the shortages that, that are manifesting. But I'm telling you, if you care about God, if you care about the things he cares about, if you care about seeking him and walking with him and loving him, he'll make sure that you and your family live in Goshen in the midst of all of this. He will make sure that you will prosper in the midst of poverty. He will make sure that you excel when others are teetering and their faith is wavering. He will make sure that you are strong. So my journey in maintaining this where I am is just really from spending time with God, praying, fasting. I know, I don't know if people talk about that anymore, but praying, fasting, and doing whatever the Holy Spirit is leading me to do to keep myself full of him and fervent Mm. in spirit so that when I'm before people, I'm coming from a place where I'm I'm full and I can say, come on, partake of this fullness. Come Mm. with me. Let's go together. Let's go together. Because one thing I don't like to do, I just don't like wasting people's time. Yes. Amen. Same. Same. Right? I'm like, we could have all just logged on to some service and streamed online somewhere. We could have done that. And that's a blessing that people are doing it. I thank God for the technology and that that we can, anyone can just see a church service. But if we're coming together in person, I wanted to feel like it was worth same your time. I wanted yes. to feel like you're pressed to get there. The gas money you spent, you know, yes. the the getting the kids together, the 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 getting yourself together, all of all of that that it takes to get into yes. a building. Yes. I want you to feel like, oh my God, that was worth it because I, I met God. Yes. I I I cannot agree more. I cannot amen that more. As a preacher, as someone like you that travels and ministers, and obviously I'm through the preaching of the word, Sean and I always say that they're not bringing us in just to have a nice service. They're bringing us in for the presence of the Lord, for God. And it's like time is everyone's most precious commodity. I don't want to waste one minute of it. I want to be so respectful of people's time and money and resources and effort, like what you're saying, that when people gather, there is there is something unique that they're like, I literally can't imagine not having that marking on my life because I'm not the 
same because I was in the room, because I was in the presence of God. And that's what Sean and I are believing for in the Bay with Momentum. I mean, literally, there it, it takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of planning and resources. There's a lot of other stuff that could demand our time, our money, and our resources from Sean and I, from our team, from even the people that have chosen to come thus far, right? Yes, All of us yes. could be doing other things that are still really good. But when God breathes on you and says, I want to bring revival to the Bay Area and where the Lord says others have written it off, but heaven's heart is captured with it. Yes. Right. And there's a move that if you press in and you tap for revival, Krista, I'll open up heaven. Sean, I'll open up heaven. Deidre, I'll open up heaven. Yes. So we're moving stuff. We're spending resources. We're making effort. And the reason for it is because we believe we're going to be marked. Absolutely. Right. So for you, what do you feel coming to the Bay? And I know a little bit of background that you have a heart for the Bay already, which already okay. for me is like so exciting. Yes. I'm Let's talk about Warriors, it. I'm a Warriors fan. Come I'm on, somebody. Go I'm just going to put it out there, okay? Yeah, I, I love oh, that you did. Wait, let me say, Clay Thompson, did you see him in the game like a few years ago? Oh my gosh, phenomenal. We oh. prayed him back. Anyway, yes. okay, I digress. Thank you. Thank you. We agree um, with those prayers. <laughs> I, Clay doesn't even know he has a group of intercessors, but he does. Yes, he does. Yes, they he all does. Do. I am <laughs> That's right. a Warriors fan. I'm the, and I've never been to Warriors game. One day. I'll oh, girl, we got to get you but, there. Uh, oh, I want to go. I want to go. But um, I am expecting people who have been in a religious rut Oof. to feel the power of God break them out of that rut. Amen. I'm 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 believing God for what actually happened to my son when you saw me leading worship last year when mm-hmm. we first met my son received the baptism of the baptism of the holy spirit that night wow. as i was talking about it right oh it my fell gosh. on my own my baby's son okay Ooh. i'm expecting people to receive the baptism of the holy spirit who have thought about it but it felt completely out of reach for them mm. i'm believing that it will be near to them that they will mm. be able to grasp and receive yeah. and i am believing that people who have walked away from god will come back I I'm believing that people who have been dealing with chronic illnesses, Amen. listen to me. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on. Will be healed. Amen. And I am also believing that people who have been demonically possessed and rest will get their breakthrough and freedom and deliverance. Amen. Come on. And that they will no longer experience what I saw in the spirit this morning with like this. It's like I saw somebody jump off of a cliff, like uh, the bungee cord, like to, with the bungee cord and they're jumping. And then at some point it snaps and pulls them back. Mm-hmm. So what we are praying for is that they will be free and that whatever cord has been attached to them to keep them in bondage will completely be severed mm. so that they can move forward with great momentum and fulfill Amen. their destiny. Ooh. Oh, we agree with those prayers. That is powerful. That's profound. Everything you're saying, we have prayed the same things. So I love that <laughs> confirmation. Uh, we have received, and this will encourage you, Deidre, um, for the last few months, but especially the last month, but for kind of this last few months, we have received text, phone calls, emails, messages from pastors and leaders all over the nation. Some we know, some we don't even know. Significant prophets in the body of Christ, leaders, pastors that have said, I don't even know you, but the Lord
Lord woke me up and told me to tell you he's about to break out in the bay. There's a move of God that's going to come from momentum. That's going to literally open the gates. And you know this, the Lord set, told Sean and I, we shared this with you that he said, bring in the prophets to yes. open up the gates of revival. You're yes. one of the prophets. You're a, you are a prophet in the fashion as a worship leader, but you are a prophet. And we are literally bringing in prophets to open up the gates. And we all know that before the battle, what led the battle biblically was the song, was the worship team, were the dancers, were, was the yes. exaltation of who our God is. So yes. there's a sound in the bay because the Lord has told me there's a sound in worship. We've seen this in other parts of the nation, even the world. There's a sound that arises in a region and it impacts yes. the nations. There's a sound in the bay that hasn't been tapped into yet. And I mm-hmm. felt like one of the reasons that the Lord has you specifically coming, Deidre, is you're going to help unlock that bay area sound, a cry, a groan uh, of, of, of contending for the more of God. Uh, because yes. of what you yes. carry, you have the authority to unlock it. So yes, I yes. just, I'm so expectant. Me too. Oh <laughs> I could talk to you for hours. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, you, you and I both, I could just hang here and you and I could just go back and forth about what God's doing. He's saying how good he is. It's so, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. I just feel like in this season, God is just, oh, he's so good. He's causing me to meet people. And that when we meet, it's like the babies in our bellies leave. Yes. Come on, girl. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Because there's a, there's a kindred spirit. There's the same, it's the same DNA. Yes. Absolutely. I love it. I love the Bay. I love you, Sean. Oh, we love you. I tell you what, we're, we're genuinely humbled, Deidre, because because of who you are in the spirit, who you are on the natural as well, because you're a force. You're a force. Um, you are, in a sense, like you're out of our league um, in, in that sense. No but I tell way. you what, the fact no that you'd way. run with us, uh, we're humbled <laughs> and, we, and we're, we're truly honored. We're preparing, we're fasting, we're praying, and uh, we're just believing for a move of God. And there's a remnant that's about to gather in person um, and online. Um, but if you can get in the room, get in the room, because something special is going to happen in the room. I tell you what, and we are making live stream available, live streams available now. And we recognize not everyone can get in the room. Um, and it's, there's still power in live stream. And I love that. But if you can get in the room, get in the room. Um, Someone told me that Prophet Tommy around yeah. is going to be there as well. Yep, yes. You Oof. all do not want to miss. Right. You don't want to miss you, your husband. You're all like Woo! powerful. <laughs> I can't wait to be there. I cannot uh, wait to just be in the room to to serve and to, and to receive. Come on. I'm <laughs> with you. I feel like it's, it's like, yeah, we're pouring out, but there's going to be so much we're receiving just as ministers. Uh, Cause we're going to be marked. Every one of us, every yes. one of us is going to be marked by God. Well, Deidre, we just recognize uh, just what a gift you are. We're so grateful for you. And I know after this podcast, our keep it 100 tribe is going to be like, we need more of Deidre. <laughs> Don't worry. We feel the same who everyone wants more of Deidre in their life. How can people get connected to you? Uh, where can people just find out more about you and come alongside yes. your ministry? Yes. You could go to DaedraGreatHouse.com. I'll spell my name because it's interesting. D-A-D-R-A-G-R-E-A-T-H-O-U-S-E. DaedraGreatHouse.com. That's my website. You can keep up with me there. You can also sign up for my monthly newsletter. And the Believers Club, that's where I pray with everyone. We, you know, we get together uh, once a month and we also have, um, I pray with them every morning and we do other things. Also, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Daedra Greathouse, E-A apostrophe D-R-A. And you can follow me on 
Facebook and where else? My Twitter. I am Daedra on Twitter. And and please, please just send me a, a DM and say, Come hey, on. I heard you on, what's the name of your podcast? Keep it 100 with Sean the and Krista Smith. Yes, the Keep it 100 with Sean and Krista Smith podcast. Please, podcast, please let me know that you heard this because I know it's going to be, it's, it's going to be such a blessing when all of you are listening to this. It's going to leave something. I pray that this leaves a deposit in you. That's that's what I'm believing that for. Amen. That it leaves a deposit in you that will bring such great results now in your Amen. life moving forward. Come on. Deidre, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Keep it 100 Tribe. What a gift she is. And we'll definitely have you back at some point. And remember, get to momentum and get a seat in the house. God's about to move. Awesome. All right. Woo. Girl, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Wow. That was so powerful. So heartfelt. I just love her transparency. I love speaking of grit and holy revolt. I was so glad that you used that term. That's mighty right there. That I am so glad that she's going to be with us. Can you imagine that woman is going to be leading worship in a couple days here at our conference? And that that was just amazing. It's going to be incredible. I just have such, such an expectancy for what everyone's going to bring. And absolutely, Daedra, she's going to bring it. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe, this is one of our favorite portions of this episode. It's the Keep It 100 Takeaways. In this episode, we want to give you three keys to spiritual grit and a holy revolt. So our first key to spiritual grit and a holy revolt is you got to have bulldog tenacity. You know, it's funny because Krista and I, were thinking about getting us a dog. And so we're looking at a lot of different <laughs> dogs and Krista wants to get what I would call a foo-foo dog, <laughs> like the dog off Lady and the Tramp, which, yes. hey, totally valid. I'm oh sure that's gosh. a cute dog. Yes. But if I'm going to be walking in the neighborhood and have to clean up poop after a dog. I don't want the foo-foo dainty dog. I'm thinking more of like a bulldog, man. Something like a mini boxer. I want something. Uh, but anyway, I did some research on dogs and you know what I found out? Bulldogs were actually bred from Mastiff and other dogs, believe it or not, to fight bulls as entertainment back in the day. So even though they were outsized, these dogs would fight and not give up unto death. Wow. And so that's why I believe one of the things God is calling forth in this generation is that you got to have bulldog tenacity. Mm, because I, I look at it good. like this. If the devil can get you to give up and he can find that weak place within you where you'll let go, you'll let loose, he's going to come at you all day in that one area, forcing you to let go, let loose, or let up. And you, all of us have heard the phrase, you know why a bulldog's nose is slanted backwards? So he can breathe without letting go. I love that. So think about it. When you hold fast to something, have bulldog tenacity means you hold fast. Uh, you hold fast to something for really a couple reasons. It's either because you love it so much that you don't want to let it go, or because you need it to keep you from falling or getting pulled away, much like a mountain climber, you know, needs that rope and they're climbing up the mountain. And I believe that God is calling us to both of these things on a spiritual level. That bulldog tenacity means you love God so much. You love his purpose so much. You love soul so much. You love the move of God and the Holy Spirit so much that you're not going to let go. And at the same time, you're going to hold on to his word and you're not going to let the spirit of this age pull you away from the promises and the things God has given you. Because bulldog faith, seriously, it gets to the point where it commands that what's rightfully yours and belongs to you, you won't give up on. And let's just get honest. Your God-given purpose will meet opposition and obedience to God will manifest enemies. So you have to have bulldog tenacity. That is so, so good. You know, the second key to spiritual grit and a holy revelt is number two, a gird up your mind kind of discipline. Ooh. 
Come on. So I'm going to break this down. A first Peter one thirteen. it says, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I love that because first Peter one thirteen is not talking about a garment made of material, rather Paul's referring to the loins of our minds. Mm. See, I love that because Paul's telling us that if we don't gird up our mind, if we don't have a guarding of our mind and that discipline of girding up our mind, if we don't deal with the loose ends that exist in our minds and our emotions and correct those parts of our thinking that we know are wrong, we are going to definitely falter, right? We must grab a hold of all those dangling areas in our thinking and put them out of the way and remove them by the authority of the word of God. And then we're choosing to permit things to exist in our lives that will not hinder up our steps or slow us down in our race and in our ability to successfully walk with God. If we want to be successful in our spiritual lives, we must seek to deal with all the loose ends in our thinking, all those like intrusive thoughts, all those thoughts are contrary to the word of God and who God says you are. If we recognize we got to, you know, deal with those loose ends in our over in our thinking and that haven't yet been submitted to the word of God or surrendered to the Holy Spirit's power by doing so that discipline, that's what we're talking about. That's where you get that holy revival, that spiritual grit by having that natural daily discipline of girding up your mind. uh, There is such a power in a renewed mind because your mind is actually what leads you, right? Because if you have the thought, then you will believe it and then you'll live it out. And so your mind is that driving force within you. And so if your mind is renewed, if your mind is disciplined, if your mind is meditating on the things of God, uh, that will assure that your feet are walking on a straight path. Wow, that is so good. I love that. The gird up your mind kind of discipline. We Mm -hmm. all need that. Come on. The third and final key to spiritual grit and a holy revolt is divine focus. And I, I believe that I'm speaking to people right now that are having focus fights. That your ability to lock in on something and you have so many things going through your mind, so many thoughts racing at night. And let me tell you what, I believe that a gift that we need now, and in fact, you cannot be tenacious without it. You will not have grit without it. There will be no holy revolt against what the enemy has tried to do and what he's tried to establish and, and is conniving towards you and your destiny. You got to have focus. Focus means concentrating and bringing all your attention to one issue. David, the psalmist, talked about this one thing that I will seek after. So it means channeling your energy in one direction to achieve a specific goal. And literally, there's there's little anyone could do without focus. If you don't have focus, you're not going to accomplish because what happens is you begin to spread yourself out in so many different directions. Come on, somebody. Somebody feels like that. And don't think that you can make things happen if you don't keep focus. If focus is not available, nothing will be accessible. And I think that is so important to understand that because why? Focus is the magnetic force that retains vision and brings clarity to your life. And God has given us a vision of revival, a vision of an outpouring, a vision of signs and wonders, a vision of a strong army of believers walking in love, but walking in power. And so since we need focus to run the race, Paul tells us to look unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And the Greek literally means, it indicates that we must deliberately lift our eyes from other distracting things and focus with utter concentration on him and continue to do so. Because this type of focus is indispensable to a life of faith and to finish the race. So how many of y'all understand that there's a dance out there called the gritty? Let me just say this. You can do the gritty without focus, but you can't have spiritual grit without it. Your focus muscles are developed by meditation on the person of Jesus and his unalterable promises given to you. We hope that in this episode that you've been given some tools and a challenge to just develop spiritual grit so that you could aim this holy revolt and be 
begin to see new territory taken back that the enemy has taken from you. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends. And be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out. Share this link on your social media platforms and check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe, you do not want to miss next episode as we're going to be covering another interesting, informing topic. And remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram at seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it 100.